My name is Eddie Joe. I'm an intensive care physician, and today this podcast is going to be about becoming an intensivist, what you need to do to get into a critical care fellowship. And what I mean by to get into a critical care fellowship, obviously you have to bust your butt and, you know, kick some serious butt for lack of explicatives and to keep this PG-13 during your residency training, but more so along the lines of figuring out what residency training program you should go into, or what type at least. First of all, I'm so glad that you're so interested in becoming an intensivist and going down this direction. I have no problems whatsoever giving people advice on becoming an intensivist because in in all reality, there are a ton of job opportunities out there. And honestly, we we need help. We need need more intensivists. Uh, Small communities are struggling, especially with the pandemic that's going on right now. And we need need more bodies who are well-trained to take care of these people. So let's get the simple, like, you know, the type of stuff out of the way with regards to what you need to do. You need to go to college, first of all. Oh, and the other thing is that this is going to be intended for the United States market. I cannot speak to how things are done in other countries because I just simply don't know. So if you're in a different country and you want to become an intensivist, you need to look up how you do it over there. But basically getting back to the United States, which is, you know, where I was born and raised, even though I have a Miami accent to me, as people have already pointed out after my first podcast. Haha, <laughs> that was quite entertaining. You need to go to college and you need to obtain the prerequisites necessary to get you into medical school. You also need to take the MCAT, which is a fun, fun test. Then when you're in medical school, you need to pass your boards as well as do well on them. At the time of this uh, podcast, which is the 26th of July, 2020, they just changed the step one to pass fail. When I took, you know, my step one, it was not pass fail. But nonetheless, then after you do well on your boards, you need to choose in what direction you want to go in with regards to residency training. And keep in mind that you're going to be doing this residency training for three to five years, uh, perhaps even more when it's all said and done. So the different medicine, well, different residency training programs that you could go into include internal medicine, surgery, anesthesia, emergency medicine, neurology, and pediatrics. At the time of this podcast, those are the only ways that I was able to find. There is some talk about, you know, allowing people from family medicine to eventually get into the critical care training programs, but this hasn't been made official. Now, you might all be very familiar with the most traditional way to become an intensivist is to do pulmonary critical care, you know, the three-year fellowship after the three years of internal medicine program. That is the traditional way, as mentioned, and I could honestly create a pros cons as to, you know, what's better of doing a pure critical care versus pulmonary critical care. As you all know, I chose to do the pure critical care just to your program rather than that, but that's not the intention of this talk. You know, ultimately, though, there are 170 pulmonary critical care programs at the time of this podcast versus less than 50 pure critical care training programs for people who train in internal medicine. I also have in the show notes links to uh, the different programs by the American Thoracic Society as well as ERAS, things that you can look up to be references in helping you choose which program to go to. That's all listed there.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. First, let's start with the internal medicine critical care route. I'm going to start with this first because I'm biased. This is what I did. This is the critical care fellowship track that I am most familiar with. First, you do a three-year internal medicine residency program, which I loved it. I mean, that was that was amongst the best times of my life. I know a lot of people really dislike their residency training, but I honestly had a had a great, great time. But I won't go into the details of everything you're going to learn in residency because ultimately it's it's quite broad. I mean, I enjoyed everything outside of clinic. I'm just not a clinic guy. But as mentioned, it was one of the best periods of my life. To this day, now five plus years after completion of my training, I honestly still keep in touch with many of my faculty members and peers at least on a weekly basis. But enough about me. There are two different ways to be eligible to sit for the critical care boards. The first one being the one that I did which is a two-year fellowship directly after internal medicine residency. I'm very blessed that this is the opportunity that I ended up you know, being able to take advantage of. But to be com- completely frank, and I get this all the time from people on social media, is that they didn't even know that this two-year program even existed. And I'm going to just divert really quickly to tell you a funny short story that I was sitting in residency, just finishing some discharge summaries, in some sort of cubicle or whatnot, uh, you know, like those little holes in the wall for the for the doctors to sit in. And then uh, next to me came and sat a nephrologist who was a consultant for the hospital, or whatnot. And it turns out that I knew that he was an intensivist at the at the neighboring hospital, but I didn't know how it worked. You know, it's kind of like those those gray area things that it just is, but you don't you don't quite understand it. And uh, you know, I just reached out to him and I started talking to him because I'll, I'll talk to the wall, honestly, at some point. Um, and when I was talking to him, I kind of asked him, you know, how he did all that. And he asked me what I wanted to do in my life. And I told him that I really wanted to pursue pulmonary critical care simply because I like the critical care pr- perspective of it. But I did not like the pulmonary side of it. And so that was kind of leaning me more towards becoming a hospitalist because I simply did not want to do... Uh, clinic work and I wanted to do the seven on seven off schedule and so he kind of took a took a step back and he said well you know that there are programs that are pure critical care just two-year programs that are mostly available up in the northeast and so that that really like you know struck a chord with me because I said hey you know maybe I could go and do one of these two-year programs and I don't have to do pulmonary and do clinic and in addition to that I'm going to be in fellowship training one year less than if I did pulmonary critical care. So he really inspired me. And, you know, amongst the people who have inspired me over my career, he definitely plays a big part. Now, a funny part about this is that I ran into him in a conference for the Society of Critical Care Medicine in February of 2020. And he was sitting at a bar and, you know, I went up to him, talked to him. He didn't remember me, but you know, I went ahead and told him how grateful I was because I just happened to have that encounter with him that particular day. So that's a, that's just a little aside story that, you know, hopefully it could inspire somebody to go down the route of doing 
peer critical care after internal medicine and how I found out about it. Critical care fellowship program, then you go ahead and you sit for the boards that are provided by the ABIM. And, you know, I've, I've done work before as to what it takes to pass the board exam and whatnot. But again, that's not the topic of this. After completing the two year. So then the second strategy to. So something else I wanted to mention to you that is new to me, but word on the street is that you you could complete a two year general internal medicine fellowship and then do a one year critical care fellowship. I don't know anybody who's done this before. I did not even know that general internal medicine fellowships existed but it appears that this is something that could be done. Now, after you complete that one-year fellowship, you have to take and pass the exam provided by the American Board of Internal Medicine, ABIM. In the show notes, as well as on my website, I have provided uh, a database for the fellowship, for different fellowships programs in critical care. Now, one of the things that's important to know is, just like I mentioned before, that there are over 170 different programs for pulmonary critical care. There are only between 45 to 47 institutions that offer the pure critical care fellowship programs, meaning that they're going to be pretty, pretty darn competitive. But at the same time, when I applied back in the earlier this decade for it, there were only 34 programs. So a jump from 34 programs to 47 programs or so is a pretty good, is a pretty good jump. So at least there's something there that's in the positive direction. Next up, let's talk about emergency medicine critical care. Do your critical care fellowship after doing your internal medicine residency training is to do a one-year critical care track that starts at the completion of certain fellowship programs. For example, you could do two years of pulmonary of pulmonary medicine and then do one year of critical care. You could do two years of nephrology, infectious disease, things like that, and then you could do a one-year, kind of like an add-on, so to speak, for critical care. Some people also do this after doing GI, hemonc, and cardiology. Now, this is where you need to be smart with choosing which route you go down with critical care. What I mean by that is that, let's say, for example, you do nephrology critical care, right? And you want to go out to the real world. You go ahead and get a a nephrology job, right? And you have to see if they're going to allow you to practice critical care. You could get an ID job out in the community and you got to see if they'll allow you to work a critical care job on the side. And what makes that a little bit complicated and something you need to consider, and I know people have had issues with this, is that if you don't want to be in academics where everybody's on the same payroll, you're going to have a hard time finding somebody who's going to pay just half your malpractice or half your benefits and have the other group pay your other half and your other benefits. Then when it takes when it comes time to taking call, or when it take when it comes time to like splitting up vacation or night shifts or whatnot, then it just becomes very very troublesome and very problematic. So if you want to go down the route of let's say do nephrology and then do critical care, you may have to abandon your 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 desired specialty at one point or another. So please keep that in mind, as I know people who are going through the same thing. Now, if you want to go ahead and stay in a big academic hospital where everybody gets uh, paid and every all the malpractices under the same umbrella, then that might be a different story. But just be aware that it might limit your opportunities in the future. If you want to pursue critical care through emergency medicine, you first have to complete a three-year emergency medicine training program. After that, you have to look for a two-year emergency medicine critical care program. When I was doing the research to basically do this podcast, EMRA, I don't know if it's called EMRA or so, which stands for the Emergency Medicine Residence Association, 
They have a pretty fantastic, robust table that's linked in the show notes, which which lists the anesthesia critical care programs where the American Board of Anesthesiologists, anesthesiology, excuse me, has approved EM residents to apply. They also list the non-ABA approved programs that offer emergency medicine, critical care medicine fellowships. I really don't know what they sit for. But overall, there's a pretty robust amount of programs that emergency medicine physicians could obtain uh, certification for the subspecialty board. They include internal medicine programs, surgery programs, anesthesia, as well as neurocritical care. And each one of these has a specific board certification structure. See, the way that I look at it is that there are far more opportunities from a, from a specialty, from a subspecialty standpoint for emergency medicine trained physicians to go into critical care. For example, internal medicine could primarily only go into other internal medicine programs. Sometimes the anesthesia programs will take them as well. But in the case of emergency medicine, as I just mentioned, they could do the internal medicine as well, as well as surgery, anesthesia, etc. And so when I look through the numbers in a little bit more detail, it appears as if there's 25 programs that are anesthesia critical care that accept emergency medicine residents. 36 medical critical care programs also accept emergency medicine uh, trained residents. Just 10 surgery programs are taking emergency medicine residents. And honestly, this is understandable, at least in my opinion, because, you know, you generally want them to be surgeons to be surgical critical care. But also in the neurocritical care realm. And, you know, for those of you who are digging into this, the neurocritical care realm uh, needs doctors pretty badly. Uh, they have a lot of programs that are accept emergency medicine trained physicians. So hopefully that provides you with a little bit of information from the emergency medicine standpoint. And uh, thankfully, the emergency medicine societies have a good amount of resources, which are linked on my website. Next up is anesthesia critical care. After completing, you know, your your residency training in anesthesia, which is about four years or so, because you have to do a prelim plus three years of anesthesia, you have to sit down and take down, take the, the exam that's administered by the American Board of Anesthesiology. There appear to be 62 programs that train anesthesiologists to be intensivists. One thing that, first of all, I'm not an expert at uh, anesthesia critical care, but I did train with other anesthesia critical care folks, and I have close friends who are anesthesia critical care. But I will say this, in some job markets, to become an anesthesiologist and then to become an intensivist may actually lead to a pay cut rather than doing solely anesthesia work. Now, I'm not going to say I know 100% that this is the case. Your market may vary, your job opportunity may vary, but the salary that you make as an intensivist may not be the same that you can make as being a full-blown anesthesiologist. You may actually make less. And I recommend reaching out to somebody like Rishi Kumar, um, who is on Instagram as at Rishi, M-D-R-I-S-H-I-M-D, as he's an anesthesia critical care, who is far more knowledgeable than I am at this matter. This is a quick addendum. I have been updated by the community with regards to some errors that I've said, or I am going to say on this podcast with regards to the length of training and the details of training of surgical critical care, neurocritical care, as well as pediatric critical care. So stay tuned all the way to the end where I correct these. Thanks. Wrapping up the last three, being surgical critical care, neurocritical care, and pediatric critical care, we'll start off with surgical critical care, which is a two-year program after completing a five-year residency training program in surgery. 
That's seven years, guys. That's quite a long road. But fortunately, there appear to be plenty of surgical critical care training programs for surgeons, uh, seeing, being as so that I found 120 different programs that exist. And then after completing the fellowship, you have to take and pass an exam provided by the American Board of Surgery. Moving on to neurocritical care, see this includes a neurology residency that's four years long, which includes a preliminary year. Then gra residents graduating from this specialty will have to complete an additional two years of critical care training. At some places, this might be one year. I don't, I don't know uh, all the details of how this happened, but I'm going to go ahead and not dig into that further because I don't think any neurologists follow me, but I may be wrong. <laughs> Uh, their test is administered by the Academy of Psychiatry and Neurology. And there are many changes as to who could take this exam. Last I read, even surgical critical care trained physicians could sit for this board examination. I know that back in the day, there used to be people from internal medicine trained programs where they could sit for the critical care medicine boards for neurocritical care. Last but not least, let's talk a little bit about pediatric critical care. This is honestly the cr critical care fellowship track that I am least familiar with. To be honest, kids kids freak me out. I don't want to see sick kids. I just I just don't. But from what it seems in my research about pediatric critical care fellowships, you have to complete a three-year residency program in pediatrics and then go ahead and apply to a pediatric critical care fellowship program. Per the American Thoracic Society, there are 67 different programs in the country that offer this. Then, after completing the fellowship, you have to take and pass, of course, the provided exam by the American Board of Pediatrics. Ultimately, I really want to encourage you, if you're if you actually stuck around this long to listen to the whole podcast, I would really like to encourage you to pursue a career in critical care medicine. I'm three years out of training right now, and I have no regrets whatsoever that I chose this, this route. I mean, I honestly love my job. It's extremely, it's extremely fulfilling. Uh, it gives me purpose and overall it's, it's just, it's just the right thing for me. And if you think that this is the right thing for you, I definitely think you should pursue it. Don't be discouraged by the small number of fellowship training programs that exist for, for example, internal medicine, critical care. You should still go ahead and pursue it try to get it because you don't want to be left with that doubt of, you know, why didn't I apply in the first place? Thank you all for your support. I hope you have a great, great day. Thanks. Bye. The first mistake I made now that this podcast is technically over, but you're listening to the addendum is with regards to surgical critical care. I have mentioned before that this was a two-year program. However, this is only a one-year program. There is the option for a second-year program, which is not ACGME accredited. Dr. Yvonne Chung, uh, who is a surgical critical care attending states that this is typically for research or working as a junior faculty to gain operative experience taking care of acute care or taking trauma call. So that's something that she contributed and I'm greatly appreciative of that. The other thing that was mentioned to me is that pediatric critical care is not a two-year fellowship as I have mentioned before. Instead, it is a three-year fellowship after three years of pediatric residency. Then lastly, with regards to neonatal critical care, Dr. Ralph Aris, who is a neonatal critical care intensivist, he states that you have to do three years of pediatrics, 
followed by three years of neonatology fellowship to be certified in neonatal critical care. Hopefully these updates are helpful. I'm always trying to find the best information for you all. Thanks so much for your support.